Before today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So get comfy and let's discuss death. Welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jem. And I am Red, and we are your peacefully passing pet protectors this week. So family has many meanings to many people, and most all humanity can agree that this term extends to our furry little friends. We buy clothing for them and toys they'll only ever play in the boxes of. We give them the best kibble and still feed them off our forks. And we have them pose for our Christmas card photos. We hold our pets just as dear as our children. But just like humans, our beloved furry, scaly, and feathery babies will all have to cross the rainbow bridge someday, too. We've been burying our pets with us for thousands of years, even as far back as 4th century BC, when we find tombs specifically dedicated to named animals. On some occasions, when a pet owner died, their loving companion was slaughtered to be buried or burned with their master. Fortunately today, that isn't the norm, but there are still plenty of ways to celebrate our beloved fur babies once they pass on. So similarly to humans, we have the two main subsects, which is cremation and burial. So cremation is the more popular option. Um, it is about 90% in some areas, which is extremely high, uh, where you consider like human cremation is at about like 60% across the country. So there's a, a few different types of cremation when it comes to animals. There is communal, individual, and private. Those are kind of terms that have become more normalized uh, in, the, in the pet cremation community. Uh, so communal is um, no return. This is like the mass cremation that uh, happens when, you know, just a bunch of stray dogs or something like from the vet or people that may not even want cremated remains back are all just cremated in the same retort at the same time. Uh, and in the, in the situation of a communal cremation, there is no return of cremated remains to the family at all because it's just a big commingling of all of the ashes of the pets at the same time. Individual is where they will actually divide the retort with either like metal pans or like little little guard walls. So you will be having this like a multiple pets in the same retort being cremated, but there's division so you can mostly get the cremated remains back from your pet. And then private is going to be only one pet at a time in the retort being cremated. So you know that like 99.9% .9 of the cremated remains coming back to you are your pet. So how similar is an actual cremation, like the actual cremation process when it comes to uh, pets? The same temperature is used. It's a lot shorter than like a two or three hour uh, human cremation, especially when you're cremating something like a bird or like a little turtle or something like that. It takes way less time. Yeah, like think about an eight pound cat compared to like a 250 pound person. Like, right, exactly. Obviously. <laughs> you could do the uh, the division of, of hours per pounds essentially for that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
pet retorts also have uh, more recessed flooring. Um, I was when I was communicating with some of the local crematories, uh, pet crematories, I asked a few questions and they had mentioned that this is something that is more common because fat uh, there's a lot more fat on uh, animals than humans, mm. which obviously if you don't have the recessed flooring, it can spill out onto the ground. Um, this is this is especially apparent because we've been feeding pets human food for so long that they kind of are all obese. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Aw, little chonky cats are yeah. <laughs> gonna light your retort on fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> There's also um, a lot of different styles in the retorts. So like a lot larger chambers, obviously, to accommodate larger communal cremations or like more burners per retort. For a human retort, it's just the, the single burner for the most part. So this brings up the bigger question. Are you cremating pets in the same retort as a person? Uh, and legally... No, you cannot do that. They have to be in separate retorts. However, a crematory can operate, you know, they can have a pet retort and a human retort at the same crematory. You can, but you cannot be mixing uh, the two. It has to be separate. I was wondering because I feel like that's maybe something that gets asked like, oh, we have Fluffy's skeleton. Can you please cremate her with our mom? Like our mom loved Fluffy so much. Is that a thing that can happen or people ask about actually yeah i get that question all the time of like hey can you add you know my my dad's dog to his casket or can you like send the cremated remains with him when he's cremated i like it it's one in ten people i swear that that'll happen wow. for that they want their pets cremated remains to go with them so that is very much allowed and very common but they just can't be cremated in the same i mean i can imagine that if it was a dog that happened to die at the same time as his owner we could we could cremate them together with special permission from the family but if it's like an unknown like there's no connection and like you can't just be cremating like pets and people in the same cremate uh same retort for no reason right i actually this is a sidebar i have a really crazy story like exactly about this specific thing oh my it's gosh a medical examiner story oh my gosh so we had a, an unfortunate car accident case one time and it was a husband and a wife, and they were an elderly couple. And so, and this actually happens a lot, guys. So listen up. So what happened was that they crashed their car. The car caught on fire. Um, so unfortunately, the remains were pretty burned up. And then when fire and rescue got there, they were like looking through the the wreckage, and they found little burned up remains of like a dog. Mm. So they they didn't. They're not medical experts, so they just wanted to be sure, like it wasn't a you know kid or something. So they sent it with the with the couple to the medical examiner's Aww. office, and we had to like <clears throat> medically determine that it was actually a dog and like not a kid, which <laughs> oh you can tell God. from like the skeleton, obviously. Right, <laughs> like the the skull alone. I mean, <laughs> and so what happened was that the families. This was like a blended family. So like one of the one of the um deceased their family was like of a divorced family and the other one they got married like later in life. Mm -hmm. So the big question was like who do we send the dog with because they decided to go to different funerals. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, but that was just like a funny thing that happened. But yeah, that actually does happen a lot too, is that people are driving distracted by their pets and then they crash and, you know, we find evidence of like the pet was distracting the driver or anything like this. So just like keep that in mind to make sure that your pets are always buckled in guys. For sure. 
So something that was really important that most of the um, crematories and cemeteries that I called for pets tried to stress to me is that there is a difference between like a more private, like mom and pop crematory versus like when you just go to the vet to have your you know pet euthanized and whatever cremation service that the vet uses. They're very different things. So the vet contracts with a crematory uh, that usually serves like an entire area, like big, big area um, that is going to be doing a lot more of the communal or individual cremations instead of private. Um, Obviously it's cheaper and you're just going to be paying the price that the vet, you know, upcharges a little to skim a little off the top when, you know, they're contracting with this crematory. So not to say that they're doing a, awful job at those crematories or anything like that but just like with humans the less you pay for something there's definitely more steps that might be being skipped um and we'll find out a little bit more about this later but there's no laws when it comes to pet cremation or burial so you you definitely want to look into you know okay well if you're going to have your vet just cremate your pup who is it that they're using and kind of get and dig a little deeper as to what exactly is happening once you leave your vet, what is happening to your pet? Are they going to be cremated individually or what exactly the whole situation is? It's, it's good to be educated. Yeah. And it's good to keep in mind too, if they are using like a community or like a city owned uh, animal cremation place. These guys do a lot of things like roadkill, mm-hmm. um, any sort of like, uh, I'm I'm assuming from like the pound or like any sort of thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just definitely if that matters to you and you want all of Fluffy back, you should look into some other options besides that, which is totally fine. So like I said before, I grew up on a farm in a rural community. Practice was when your dog died, when your horse died, when your anything died, mm-hmm. you'd go out back, you'd dig a hole. And you'd stick them in there, say a few words, cover the hole back up, and that was it. Even grandma? Um, (laughs) Maybe not grandma. (laughs) We'll talk about that in another episode. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But yeah, I think it, you know, and I think this goes, it's kind of like a traditional, like, farmers, like, living off the land Um, And I think it still happens with pets, especially with things like, you know, the hamster that dad didn't want you to get or like the cat that you don't want to pay hundreds of dollars to get cremated. Um, Just like bury it in the backyard. It's free. It's easy. And they'll always be out there if you ever want to think about them or visit them. The thing is, unfortunately, even though it's done, there are hazardous chemicals that we need to be careful about that are in our pets that could leak into the environment and cause environmental damage. It could be a danger to us, people around us. It could be a danger to the groundwater. And there might be some diseases that we don't know about, that we don't know that our pets possibly had, um, that can make us sick, our neighbors sick, or other animals in the community sick that might, you know, dig up your animals if you don't bury them deep enough. Like I said, these aren't things that we were thinking about back when we were uh, burying our cats and dogs on the family farm. But I know a lot of other people have had these experiences, too. Have you ever buried a pet in your backyard, Red? So uh, this is one of those do as I say, not as I do things. Because <laughs> um, I definitely buried my hamster in my backyard after putting him in a little shoebox. I left him with, you know, a little bit of his toys and some food, like Aww. gave him the proper, you know, Egyptian king burial with all of his worldly goods <laughs> and yeah. buried him in the backyard, said a few words, just like you said. Aww. 
And that's the thing is like, we can tell you not to do it, but people are still going to do what they want to do. So the best thing is like Red did, take a shoebox, take any sort of like burial container, even like a Tupperware is better than nothing. Um, Try to like contain them, um, cover them with their favorite blanket, maybe put their little sleeping bed in there, some toys, whatever you want to do. I'm not, I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm saying if you're going to do this this would probably be better than just sticking them in the ground. Yeah, it's definitely important to consider, I mean, like Jem said, city ordinances, because that can determine, you know, where, when, how deep, and how far from the groundwater that a body should be. And it's important to think that, you know, if your pet was euthanized, they have pentobarbital in their system, which can stay in the body up to a year and leak into surrounding soil and groundwater. So those are definitely things to think about before doing this. But you can always, you know, wrap in, you know, double wrap garbage bags. I mean, even though that's not very <laughs> um, sweet, but mm-hmm. it does the job. It's important to do what's right for your pet, but also for the environment, too. There's also things you can look at, like little pet caskets that you can like buy on the internet or from your local funeral home if they have a dealer um but you can buy like kitty and puppy caskets like little cute little caskets that are like biodegradable or even like a casket vault combo when I was calling around to the different crematories and cemeteries, uh, one of the ladies, I was like, oh, do you have like little caskets for dogs and cats? And she's like, yeah, they're actually kid caskets. And I'm like, oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, that's like a double use, I guess. Like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're burying a baby, it's about the same size as a furry baby. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you're not comfortable with burying in your backyard, there, of course, are pet cemeteries uh, that are available uh, that are actually either strict pet cemeteries or even some human cemeteries are starting to open up more and more to having pet sections. So those are always options for you. A lot of places are starting to do crematory and cemetery. Um, so definitely beautiful, beautiful parks set aside for um, cemeteries for pets. So those are definitely options you guys should look into. So what are some other things that we can do if we're not comfortable with burying them in our backyard, if our city doesn't allow us to, if our HOA doesn't allow us to? But what if we're kind of against cremation? What if we're against the environmental effects and the cost? Is there anything else we can do with our pets? So just like with people, there are a lot of options besides just cremation and burial for our pups and pups and cats. Uh, So you can consider donating your pet to science. Um, Vets have to know anatomy just like doctors need to know human anatomy. And if your dog or cat had like a very special disease, sometimes universities might want to study that a little bit more to help save other pets so they don't have to pass away from the same disease. Especially things like cancer or any sort of rare genetic disease. Mm -hmm. I know that um, there's a lot of research around this and you might not be in like the pet research community, but that would definitely be like a valuable resource for institutions like that. Another option similar to cremation that is actually gaining a lot of ground recently is aquamation or alkaline hydrolysis. We actually talked about this in one of our previous episodes, episode six, Sci-Fi Your Corpse where we talked about human alkaline hydrolysis. So if you don't know what alkaline hydrolysis is, you can listen to our other episode, but basically we're using water and chemicals uh, to basically aquify a corpse. This process is actually more environmentally friendly than just straight cremation. 
So if that's something that you're worried about being environmentally conscious and you still want your pet's remains, um, sort of like cremation, you can do individual where it's all like sectioned off and you get your pet's remains within the section that they were placed, or you can even do private. Um, and the price with this would range anywhere from, uh, I would say like 90 to 100, all the way up to 400 it's looking like right now. And that's probably the same cost as cremation. Yeah, it's around the same as cremation, if I recall correctly, for mm-hmm. pets. So one of the specialists that I had spoken with had offhandedly mentioned cloning as an option. There was a client she was serving that was so distraught about losing his pet that he actually had some like Korean company clone his dog for like 50 grand or something oh my God. 50 grand <laughs> yeah dude it's so expensive to clone an animal and like you have to consider like yeah this pet looks disturbingly similar to your pet but is not going to have the personality of your pet at all so i would highly discourage this option <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we could go into cloning for like a whole nother episode. But you know, personality is based on a lot of things, not just genetics, like environment, upbringing, whatever. But it's always interesting to see those articles of people like cloning their pets or like trying to like clone their kids or whatever. Um, I just didn't. I guess I always forget that people actually do it. <laughs> right. It's it's like that Jurassic Park meme of like we we didn't slow down long enough to think if we should, not that we could. You know. <laughs> well, if you don't want to participate in any crazy sci-fi stuff, but you do want to keep your pet around for a little bit longer, there is another option that people honestly do consider. And that would be taxidermy. This happens a lot more than I think we'd like to imagine, (laughs) actually. (laughs) My mind always goes, I don't know if you guys have seen Scrubs, but their taxidermy dog that they have. (laughs) (laughs) They use as like a footstool, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh and it's gosh. actually really funny. I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I had a I had an older cat that passed away and he was so old and decrepit looking. He looked like a taxidermy <laughs> animal. So all my friends kept asking me, "Are you going to are you going to get him taxidermy?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> if I saw my dead cat just like hanging out taxidermied on my like fireplace mantle every day, I think I would just break down in tears every morning. <laughs> See, that's what I would think too cuz I wouldn't do it with a person. Like it's one thing to have cremated remains sitting on your your fireplace mantle but like to have like a a whole animal like in some most likely very strange position like you know those ones that you find at the oddity shop where they're like in a canoe or playing the banjo or something yeah like a little hat on (laughs) yeah right i'm sure there's taxidermy that's more tasteful than that so if that's your thing like definitely go ahead research that like more power to you but that's definitely an option out there for you guys So, of course, burial and cremation are the disposition, but we always seem to forget about the services. What kind of services are people going to have to commemorate their pets, either before or after? Uh, And there are considerably a lot of people that decide to do this for their pets. Let's say you want to commemorate your pet's life in a certain way. You know, the practice of having funeral memorializations and funeral services extends to these pets that are within our family. So I think a lot of people often choose to have, you know, a burial ceremony or a service 
or anything like this that can sort of be a celebration of your pet's life after they die. It doesn't just have to be a cut and clean, go to the vet, go to the crematory, you're done. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since a lot of uh, pet cremation places are through funeral homes. They already have the facilities to be able to accommodate something like this. Um, Some people want to be present even for the cremations and press the button. Um, The religion plays actually a huge role in what people decide to do for their pets. So uh, one of the specialists I spoke to had mentioned to me that she would have some uh, Japanese families come to pick the bones out of the cremated remains, uh, like the big, large pieces of the bones just like they would for like their human ancestors um that some jewish families were trying to bury their dogs and cats within 24 hours uh which is typical for you know human uh a jewish service for a human person and that even like shinshu buddhists would come to do like a yearly uh ceremony on the anniversary of their dogs passing at the cemetery so i thought that was extremely fascinating to find that like we take care of our pets like we take care of our humans in a lot of respects i was gonna say i'm honestly that is like the sweetest i'm not a religious person but that is like the sweetest thing i've ever heard to extend your uh cultural customs to these furry little guys living in your house like it's just so sweet to me like i just it just makes my heart so warm Something else I thought was extremely interesting is that um, you can prearrange your pet's funeral uh, and not just like go in and check out urns and stuff. Like you can legitimately like pay in payment plans just like you would for a person for a pet's funeral. But something I did notice was humans prearrangements and pre-fund like the funds that they put into their pre-arrangements are protected by a third party company called an escrow account or they go into an escrow mm-hmm. account at a third party company. Um, but that's not necessarily a thing that pets have. So definitely be, you know, cautious about prepaying, um, ahead of time for your pet's funeral because that might, that those funds might not be protected. Pet funerals usually don't cost like an arm and a leg. I'm assuming. Well, do they? I don't know. It depends on how extra you go, I guess, because some people, you know, they might choose bare bones. Some people want to go all out for their babies. I remember uh, just not that long ago, actually, we had a gentleman come to our funeral home. And granted, my funeral home doesn't have you know pet services, but he asked us to make prayer cards for his little baby. No, no. His little pup. No, no. <laughs> so, oh, no, no. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he brought in like hundreds of photos for our uh case processing department to like make into a little um collage into these beautiful prayer cards they actually came out really cute i think i actually shared the picture on our page a while ago but definitely go check out nono's prayer cards they are the most precious thing in the entire world (laughs) that's so cute yeah i think you did share the post to our facebook page mort mike podcast that's m-o-r-t-m-i-c podcast at facebook you guys should go check it out but speaking of giving our pets the best, um, I like I said before, I actually had a cat that I recently had to go through all of this with. So the funny story is I was doing my job. So I was out on a scene um, helping pick up a deceased person and uh, the son was there and he was a friend of a friend, actually. So we knew each other like mutually And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these cats. Like, we don't want them. I don't want to give them to the adoption agency because they're so old. Like, one of the cats was like 18 years old, like this old cat. 
and me like just being there i was like well i'll take him like i'll take the, <laughs> i'll take the cat and so i actually got my cat um from my job which is like the first funny thing so anyway this cat was so old i literally thought he was gonna die like two days after i got him <laughs> he was like so decrepit he like couldn't walk he was just like putzing about like literally an old man personification like in this cat um his name when i got him was Smokey, but because he was so old and he was so like curmudgeon-y i started calling him grandpa, grandpa. and it kind of stuck <laughs> <laughs> and red knows grandpa red met grandpa before oh i love grandpa i loved grandpa <laughs> he was such a sweetie he was and he like true to like form he was just such an old man and he was so ornery and he was like falling apart at the seams but he lived for a very long time forever (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because like i had him for so long and i did so much to like take care of him and stuff but he lived to be 21 years old which is like old for a cat super old for a cat before i got grandpa i was like you know pets are pets like i don't you know if a pet dies i ever have a pet that dies like when I grew up, we would just bury them in the back. But now I live in a city. Like, I'll just get them mass cremated. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, I don't care. When grandpa died, I was like, we're getting a private cremation right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. But um, in my area, we didn't have aquamation as an option. Like, I didn't really know about it back then. Um, but just when you have these animals in your life and, like, it was just me and grandpa. Like, that was it. Like, we were buds to the end. Like, when you have these animals in your life and they have such a personality, like I totally understand why people want to do crazy things like clone their animal or like get them taxidermied. Um, so, or like, you know, pay extra money to get them privately cremated so you can have the remains on your fireplace for the rest of your life. But um, yeah, so that's what I did. I got grandpa privately cremated and um, I went to this really, really nice private pet cemetery with an attached cream uh, cremation um, service. And the funny thing was, is that like, as a deaf professional, I went in there and I like, I knew what was going to happen. Like I knew what was happening and I didn't tell them that I was a deaf professional. Like I just brought grandpa in after we got him uh, euthanized at the vet and I was carrying him in and I did like, I called before to get the appointment and so they were like, oh yeah, like let's, let's go out to the barn. Like our cooler is back there. And so I'm just like, okay, like carrying my dead cat around and um, following them back there. And they start telling me like the details of the cremation process, which if you guys aren't familiar, they're not like pretty deep. They're not nice details. But like this old man was like walking me back to the, the cooler and he was like, oh yeah we can't we can't cremate grandpa today we're gonna have to wait a couple days because we need to wait until our stock piles up so we can uh we only need to run the uh the retort once a week because it's a little too expensive to want to run it like more than that and i was just like oh okay yeah that, that makes sense but like after i like left like all of these things that he was telling me i was like if he was telling this to like a regular family like is this what they tell people because like they don't need to know that (laughs) and you know he was telling me like oh you know grandpa is gonna go in like by himself like which is fine that's what i wanted and they're like and um and i think you have to tell the families this but just the way that he told it to me he was like and basically it's just going to be all bones left and we're just going to throw those into the pulverizer you're going to get your ashes out of that and it, like me like i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm, yeah that makes sense like i get it but then <laughs> like driving home i was like 
oh my god do they say that to people (laughs) (laughs) that would have been mortifying to be like any other person that just lost a pet you know oh my gosh so that was my like takeaway from that i'm sure there are a lot of like lovely um you know pet cemetery places out there. and there it was a great service like they were so nice and they were so compassionate about like what they did and i really enjoyed my experience and i you know i have grandpa on my fireplace right now he's in this little urn that looks like mm-hmm. a cat <laughs> um but i was just like a little thrown aback after the fact i was like wait do they say that to everyone cuz there's they didn't know that i was a death professional <laughs> right didn't you didn't you have a a funeral party for grandpa after he passed i did i did that too so with the services um i didn't have like an actual funeral service like i didn't pay anyone but at my house i hosted like a quote unquote funeral for grandpa we had like a little uh pre this was pre covid times we had a little party and we we had a little candle memorial that we put out on the pond, like we set out to see. Aww. I remember that. Yeah. So that was really nice. But, you know, everyone like celebrates in their own way and, you know, uh, commemorates pets in their own way. And I think it's important to just like do what you feel is right and don't feel like you have to like, you know, do the thing that everyone does. Like the vet will ask you, like, do you want a communal cremation? Like you can say no. And you can like look at your ordinances, look at your options, figure out what you want to do. Like it's totally fine. So it's really important for us to arm ourselves with knowledge uh, going into anything, uh, anything in the death care industry. I always implore everybody before, you know, it's time to have to deal with these kinds of things to educate themselves. And this is still true. It still holds true for pets. So I had kind of hinted at it earlier, but there are pretty much no laws, like zero laws governing what can happen to pets like after they pass away. Like we're with humans, there's so many laws um, that are important to be like, okay, well, you have to make sure that every human is identified with like a wrist bracelet or some type of toe tag after they pass away so you know who they are and like their identity doesn't get lost or something like that. There's tons of little laws like that that are written into legal code, but not for pets. So... I thought it was really nice that the International Association of Pet Cemeteries and Cremations and Cremation Association of North America, they wrote up like this nice little document of standards um, that basically mirror the human laws that we have for cremation. Uh, But they've been pushing, I guess, to try to get something instated, but nothing has come of it yet. But that's a really nice set of guidelines for what we should be doing. They offer certified pet crematory operator licenses, which is cool. (laughs) Yeah. So some of the some of the funeral homes I called and talked to, like some of them are actually had been certified in this program. Like you don't have to be, but it's Mm -hmm. it's nice to know that like they went the extra mile to show that like they are educated about things and they're in it for all the right reasons. Right, right. I think part of the reason that um, there's difficulty in creating laws about this is that pets are considered property, uh, where deceased humans are considered quasi-property, and that's that's a whole lot of legal mumbo-jumbo and, and jargon, but uh, that, that makes it like they have no rights, and it, a lot can be a lot can be done to them after they pass away because they're just in property in the eyes of the law. Right. So to make that more clear, like quasi the the deceased are quasi property. They still have rights as individuals, even though they technically are not individuals. They're deceased people. Um, quasi property. Pets are property. They don't have rights. Right. I mean, p- 
pets even pets alive have some rights like you know animal abuse laws and stuff like this but there really aren't any laws regarding like deceased pets which is Mm -hmm. interesting right and there's actually i mean you you hear weird and unfortunate things about funeral homes and and cemeteries all the time but um i was reading up on stuff for the the episode and it like a little clickbait you know came up a little clickbait article came up about a cemetery that was having issues like that the land that the cemetery was on was actually leased land instead of like land that has like a protected land order about it so that land got sold to a new business and people that had their pets there were just told like you have to exhume your pets or you lose your rights to come visit them and you'll be trespassing oh my gosh yeah and it's unfortunate because yet again like this is what happens when there's not laws in place for things like this that like bad Mm -hmm. things can happen it does sound like we're making headway on pet law though deceased pet law specifically so maybe in the future we can see something more like that because as long as we as humans are still living we're always gonna have pets like we just are and they're you know pets are gonna die too like we are um so we're always gonna be dealing with this sort of thing i feel like a lot of people have that in common like as pet owners having a pets that passed away um even like being a part of like a cat group on facebook Mm -hmm. and like posting about like your cat passing away people are there to like support you and love you like straight up strangers are just like oh like i'm so sorry thinking about you because this is like a very like real thing that i think a lot of people experience yeah, definitely. I mean, just as with grief with humans, people are going to experience like a grieving process with their pets. It follows pretty much the exact same steps as if you're losing like a person. It's what we like to call in the business uh, disenfranchised grief, which I'd like to do an entire episode on in the future. But in this specific uh, episode, it essentially is a group of people or a specific like death that happens that by society standards is like not as important as you know losing a human so it's almost like sometimes looked down upon to be grieving for a pet as hard as you would a person and you know if you've like known anyone who's really been affected by pet loss like this is a really difficult thing that you know i'll be the first to say it and i've heard other people say it before i cried harder when grandpa died my cat grandpa died than when my actual (laughs) real life grandma died. Like, I love you, grandma, but like, I definitely cried harder when my cat grandpa died. (laughs) Well, absolutely. I mean, you have to think about it that you have a pet for its entire lifetime, something that you take care of as, as you would a child and have this connection for like, pets love us so unconditionally. Like, pets don't do anything wrong either. They're, they're like, the perfect beings. Like, whereas, <laughs> like, humans can hurt you and disappoint you, but pets are just, just these perfect little angels that we let into our lives and take care of. So, of course, you're going to be super upset about them dying. I was going to say your bias is showing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Pets are such an important part of people's lives that own them and you know disenfranchised grief is like a it's a real thing that people deal with and it's totally okay to be as upset or even more upset if your pet dies as opposed to like a human in your life i would i would definitely agree with that 
There's even like grief groups and counseling and stuff specifically geared towards this. So never feel like you're alone or weird for like crying really hard when you lose your dog or your cat or your bird or your lizard or whatever you happen to have at home. Like they are just a much just as much a part of your life as your family in a lot of respects. So never feel ashamed of that grief you feel from losing a pet. Yeah, it definitely took me a while to recover from grandpa and I still remember him today. I think about him I think almost every day, definitely. Yeah. Um but I do have a new cat now, I know. So it's you know, it's just part of life and you know, we'll all get through it. Um, I know you have a cat too, Red. Have you thought about what you're going to do when she passes away? Oh my gosh. I will be besides myself when Nyx passes away. She is been, she's like sitting on the bed next to me as we record right now. My little, my little guardian cat. Uh, she has gotten me through so many life changes that I'm not going to know what to do. So she's going to get the best <laughs> anything once she passes away. I think I want to have her cremated so I can sprinkle her ashes somewhere. That meant a lot to the both of us. Definitely. That's sweet. But any way you decide to do it, our pets were dear companions to us in life. So it only makes sense that we take care of them one last time when they pass to commemorate that life well lived together. Well, that does it for us this week on Mort Mike. I would like to source one of the books that I took a little blurb out of for some of my research this week, which is Companion Animals and Us, Exploring the Relationships Between Pets and People. And that is by Anthony L. Podbersek, Elizabeth S. Paul, and James A. Serple. We'd love to connect with you guys on socials. Like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. That's M-O-R-T-M-I-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It would mean a lot to hear your feedback, so tell us what you think in a comment and drop us a rating on whatever podcast hosting site that you use. And if you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear or some burning questions that you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. I also want to give a huge thank you to our friend Marson for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his bandcamp at Marson, that's M-A-R-S-O-N, music.bandcamp.com. Thanks, Marson. So be sure to tune in every other week on Thursdays for some more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye. Bye.